financially tuned. Whether it's a high-performance engine or an orchestra, there's a significant difference between being slightly out of tune or perfectly in tune. The same is true of your finances. When your financial plan is even slightly out of tune, you may be paying too much for taxes, exposing yourself to too much risk, or retiring without a sound income plan. And like the conductor of an orchestra or skilled mechanic, Eric Cheek of Nevada Retirement Planners is the professional who helps to potentially get everything financially tuned. For the past 24 years, Eric Cheek has provided current, insightful advice for seniors, retirees, and those preparing for retirement. Eric works one-on-one -on -one with each of his clients to take the confusion and mystery out of the issues that threaten financial peace of mind. Contact Eric at 775-674-2222 or on the web at nvretirementplanners.com. And now here's Eric Cheek to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello and welcome to Financially Tuned. My name is Eric Cheek from Nevada Retirement Planners. Now, if you'd like to contact us, you can give us a call at 775-674-2222 or visit our website at nvretirementplanners.com. Now, stay tuned because later on the show, we'll have a special offer for you. So don't change that channel. Now, today's topic, we're going to talk about financial literacy and how important it is when it comes to making plans for your future. Financial literacy. That's interesting. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be curious as to to see where this one goes and and see if I truly am financially literate or or not. I know you are. Uh, of course, the way I'm talking today, I'm barely literate, uh, mm -hmm. let alone financially. But that should be a fun show. Uh, before mm -hmm. we get into that, though, Eric, number one, thank you for having me on your show today. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Great to be here. Always love to hang with you and, and everyone there at Nevada Retirement Planning. Uh, you guys are great. Uh, and uh, Eric, I know you're a busy guy. What have you been up to? What did, what did you do this uh, past week? Well, I've been educating all the folks that uh, aren't uh, financially literate. So uh, ah. that's a full-time job. We're going to get into some of those numbers about sure. that. But I will tell you that this is a great topic because um, there's a bit of educational literacy that comes with just almost anyone that I speak with uh, that's uh, potentially looking for our services, how we can help them in their financial lives. So sure. uh, anyway, I think it's a great topic. I've been doing great to answer your question. Uh, it's springtime in Nevada, which means uh, uh. we could walk out the door and see snow on the surrounding mountains or uh, we might be applying sunscreen. Uh, yeah, da daily it changes so much this time of year, but uh, I love it though. Great. Spring is finally here, right? Oh, it's it's here. It's here. Yeah. I think. But, uh, <laughs> Let's hope it's here to stay. We never we never know. Uh, sometimes we never know locally until July. We say, okay, we're now in summer, <laughs> but uh, everything's great. Everything's green, and all my plants survived the winter. And oh, that's and good. Folks are out and about, and yeah, all fun. that good stuff. Yeah, the circle fun. of life, it goes on. Yeah, it does. It does. And I imagine you've been busy meeting with clients as well, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, market turbulence or everybody's getting older. But yeah, we've been very busy and uh, happy to be so. Sure. Well, now you said we're talking about financial literacy today. Explain what you mean when you say financial literacy. So we're 
all on the same page. Sure. What is it? Uh, what does it mean to be financially literate? Well, you know, having financial literacy means that you have the knowledge, skills, and confidence that you need in order to make sound financial decisions and the decisions that fit your unique situation. So, you know, everybody thinks the cornerstones of personal financing uh, and personal finances, budgeting, uh, avoiding or managing debt, diversification of assets, but you really need fluency in order to, uh, to achieve a rewarding and secure financial life. And so I find that people often spend a significant amount of time, money and energy focusing on the basics. Hey, I've got a job. Now I want to get a better job uh, or, 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 or things of that nature. They don't consider how they're going to manage the money they have once they start receiving it. Now I've got yeah. a job. How do I manage it? You know, uh, the focus is on getting a job. And so typically what happens is when someone gets a job, the first thing they do is figure out how much money they can spend. Yeah. So that's not yep. being financially literate. That's being a young person that's got their first paying job. And ooh, what can I do now with all this money I have? Right. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you might expect, you know, if someone wants to be literate with rock, you know, the, you know, you used to be a disc jockey and oh, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've been involved in music one way or another, just, you know, for years. And, and so we're literate in that area there. I have buddies that make their own craft beer, you know, so they know everything about craft beer. Right. And then of course I have clients and friends that have old cars and I, I love Harley motorcycles. So I'm literate speaking with other people about Harleys and whatnot, but we want people to be literate in the realm of personal finance. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So you're saying that I need to, I'm very literate in music, as you know, because I've worked mm -hmm. in the music industry and as a yep. DJ. So 70s and 80s rock uh, is, is kind of my thing. And mm -hmm. I'm super literate in that. Uh, but you're saying, and, and craft beer, of course, but you're saying I need to be as literate with personal finance as I am with craft beer. Sure. Oh, well, see, I've always well, put I've always put craft beer ahead of personal finance. You it know may that. it may need to rearrange your your uh, priorities. priorities yeah, but yeah, that's what my wife keeps telling me. Because if you really do, if you're more financially literate, you would have more money to allocate right to such a hobby like craft right. beer and and so on and so forth but, sure you know just think about uh knowing about music how it served your other need to be employed at right. a radio station that played that it has. so yep so if we're financially literate uh we're just going to do better in the long run so uh you know since i started the financial in industry i've come across people who despite their hard work they still don't feel like their finances reflect their efforts um, and so sometimes it's not about the money you're making, uh, in, in determining what your financial future is about. It's more about how solid your plan is. So, uh, I mean, I've seen people who make a lot of money, doctors, dentists, they make high six figure incomes and they're drowning in credit card debt. And, yep. uh, on the other hand, I've had folks, uh, that have modest incomes that have no debt and strong investments. So I'd say when you put the two side by, by side, who was more financially literate than the other? 
Um, and so income doesn't necessarily translate into a better financial situation. I guess that's what my point was, Tony. Oh, that's an interesting concept. I mean, I think that's a great point. And of course, you've seen it all. Talk a little bit more about the difference then between these two types of people. Well, I think it boils down to education and what they've received regarding finance. You have people that, uh, you know, I have clients, a lot of examples of them that never made a lot of money and they had blue collar jobs, but they had a great uh, background in how to handle their finances in terms of saving and investing. And so, you know, I think everyone would like to make smart financial decisions that is going to position them uh, you know, correctly for the future, but many have never really been given an opportunity to learn how. Uh, on the flip side of that, you have highly educated professionals. Uh, I've had clients that are doctors that that uh, they're good at making the money, but they're really poor in saving and investing and, and putting off the instant gratification of a high income to position them for retirement. Uh, and if you look at uh, some articles like Forbes magazine recently had an article, nearly two thirds of Americans can't pass a basic test of financial literacy. Wow. Uh, so the lack of financial literacy in our country has even led the government to designate it. And I bet you people didn't even know this, I heard this on the show, that the entire month of April, which we just concluded, was National Financial Literacy Month. How many wow. articles did we see in the newspaper? How many newscasters did we say, hey, April is National Financial Literacy <laughs> Month. I mean, didn't hear a blurb of it. No. And no, uh, I'm in the business and didn't even see much mention of it being in the business. But uh, so our goal today is just uh, uh, put out some of these numbers and talk about financial literacy and see if we can get a better handle on it. Well, sure. So just how bad is our financial literacy in America? Sounds like it's not good. Well, we can put some things to perspective like this. Here's a here's an awful number. 44% of Americans don't have enough cash to cover a $400 emergency, according to a Forbes article about how badly America is failing at financial literacy. And I would say that's a huge fail right there. The median out-of-pocket costs for an emergency medical expense, you have to go to urgent care because you have an earache or something like that. Uh, it's a thousand bucks according to a Federal Reserve annual survey. So that means that almost half of Americans are one earache away of receiving a bill in the mail that they can't afford to cover. It sounds trivial, but what an awful statistic. It may be harder to imagine right now since the job market is so strong. But imagine the setback an individual would have if they were to lose their job and have less than 400 bucks uh, in an account. Mm -hmm. So I think it all ties back to understanding the importance of just basic uh, financial literacy like, hey, it's important to have an emergency fund. Uh, that's why they call them emergencies. Didn't see that earache coming. Ouch. Uh, and 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 have a better grasp on uh, on financial literacy and financial sense. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's huge. Obviously, um, it, it's just a it's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, and and, and here's some more. Uh, another statistic. Uh, another statistic sheds light on our financial know-how. This is just basic finance in America, 43% uh, 
of those people surveyed with student loans are not making payments. Oh my goodness. So what do they think that's happening to those balances that they're ignoring? Yeah. They're just growing exponentially. It's, yeah, they're re- just it's reverse growing. compounding interest. It's the reverse. Yeah. Uh, more than 16 million people in the United States have a master's degree. Now that's about 8% of the U.S. population. Now, uh, we've seen uh, uh, really an explosion of master's degrees that's come about, and and it it seems to be commonplace now, kind of like the way bachelor's degrees were back in the 50s and 60s. But with that popularity comes a growing number of individuals who have put off paying off student loans. Uh, now, I could go off on a rant here, but I, I just had a kid that was applying for an internship I have that uh, is in the master's program at the, at the local university, and I think he's doing things the right way. He graduated with his bachelor's degree. He got a job, and he realized that this isn't really where he wants to be, so he decided to uh, pursue uh, an MBA in finance. And he's doing it part time. And so what the university pitched him is, hey, the MBA program is uh, 18,000 a year. Uh, So what you should do is just uh, go full time and you can knock this thing out in uh, a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, And he said, you know what? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna keep my job, which is a good paying job, and I'm gonna take night classes. It may take me three years to get my MBA, but I'm not gonna be in debt. Wow. Well, and he was going, Eric, do you think this is the right thing I should do? Or should I quit my job? Because I'm not going to be working there after I get my MBA. I'm going to be working for, you know, some big uh, fund company or a bank or whatever. And I told him, you know, the the job prospects are going to be unlimited when you get your MBA. But I think you ought to do it the way you're doing it, which is you leave and start your next new career with no debt. And you don't have that on your back and, and just uh, be patient with yourself in doing that. Uh, you know, rising tuition costs, it's crazy. We see all these articles all the time that graduates are struggling to pay off the loans. Hey, how about if we didn't have the loans in the first place? Yeah. We we worked and went to school at the same time like I did. I always had a full-time job and went to school, went night classes and whatnot. Um, but no, you know, our kids are, you know, we're teaching kids that, that debt is okay, get comfortable with debt. Yeah, that's not good. And the only reason kids buy it is they're not financially literate enough to understand what the big implications are. They don't even understand how these repla- uh, these repayment plans look after graduating, you know? And uh, I think that uh, if we talk about financial literacy, these young people make more informed decisions about their degrees and educational options and, and maybe they won't take on so much student loan debt uh, and, and it'll be better off when they actually start their careers after school. Yeah. Yeah. I think you make a great point. And that's part of financial literacy is not going into debt and avoiding that huge student loan debt uh, if you can and, and work uh, to help pay it off. I, I just, as you go, it makes so much more sense. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time for this first segment. Eric, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we take a quick break here? Well, I just want to encourage those listening, whether you're confident in your financial literacy or uh, if you aren't even sure how compounding interest works, to just keep in mind that that 
We're here to help. Stay tuned. We're going to talk more about how you can gain confidence in your finances. And to learn more about me uh, and the work we do at Nevada Retirement Planners, visit our website at nvretirementplanners.com or give me a call in the office at 775-674-2222. Get me on the phone. I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. All right. I think that's fantastic. A great offer for our listeners. They can sit down and talk with you. You'll set up that complimentary consultation for them if they call your office. Talk to the folks there and you'll meet with them in person. Uh, what's that phone number one more time? It's 775-674-2222. All right. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Eric Cheek of Nevada Retirement Planners right after this. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Income Toolkit from Nevada Retirement Planners now by going to nvretirementplanners.com or by calling us at 775-674-2222. And now back to Financially Tuned with Eric Cheek. Welcome back to Financially Tuned. I'm your host, Eric Cheek from Nevada Retirement Planners. And as always, my co-host is joining us today, Tony Shore. Yeah. Now the title of this show, we're talking about financial literacy. So are you financially literate would be a good question to ask yourself. In the first segment of the show, we talked about the importance of financial literacy. And I hope our listeners got my point. And we shared a few statistics to shed light on how many Americans uh, have a lack when it comes to financial literacy. Uh, one of those was the alarming amount of Americans uh, don't have enough cash to cover a $400 uh, unexpected emergency. Uh, the other was that almost half of Americans with student loans are making no payment towards their loans. And I will tell you, there will be a reckoning for you young folks yeah. out there that have student loans that are just kind of uh, blowing it off for the time being. Yikes. Well, and, and thanks for the recap. Are there any other areas, Eric, that we need to discuss today uh, that might give us an indication as to whether or not we are financially literate? Well, uh, we could talk about credit card debt, and, and I'll tell Ooh, you this. I'm going to uh, have to step away while you do that. A little too close to home. Yeah, I would <laughs> tell you that here, here's here's my view of credit card debt. It's better to be a stockholder with uh, MasterCard and Visa than it is to be a cardholder. <laughs> right. Uh, great companies to invest in. Yeah. American Express, all of them. Uh, but credit card debt, it's uh, it's getting up there again. You know, people after the Great Recession, they said, oh, my God, this debt has really sunk my finances. So I've got to get a handle on this debt and get out of debt. And Americans were doing it. But I think uh, the, the U.S. population, as soon as people started feeling confident that uh, uh, they're making money and, 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 and this great recession is by, behind us, we started spending money again. Unfortunately, uh, we didn't put money in our retirement accounts. We didn't save money. We just started racking up credit card debt again. According to a recent survey from Value Penguin, 38% of households in the U.S. have credit card debt. Wow. They 
Yeah. They also found that the average household has a credit card debt of $5,700. That is enormous. It is great if you are a shareholder from uh, one of these uh, credit card companies. It's not good if you are the debt holder. That if reminds you ask me, me, that's just $5,700 is too much. Well, Eric, that reminds me, uh, can, can I get $5,700 from you? Not today. <laughs> Pay off my credit card. All not right, today. Ahead. Not today. Not any day. Uh, you got yourself in it. You got to get yourself out. It's too much. Yeah. The interest that accrues while maintaining credit card debt can be incredibly damaging to your financial si- uh, situation, uh, often increasing the amount you'll ultimately pay towards that purchase. Well, of course. I tell clients, I tell anybody, I said, look, there, there's usually only one case where it makes sense uh, to use debt to secure something, to purchase something, something that's going to go up in value. What would that be? A it's house. not easy to, yeah, a house. So to go in debt to buy an asset that's going to go up in value over time, that's really the only time it makes sense to do it. Now, obviously, people have emergencies, and that's a different situation where, you know, something happens and and you have to put it on credit. But to live our lives with debt, uh, it's just damaging. Uh, Many people, they're just unaware and then they do the interest rate uh, swap. You know, they go, hey, I am I got this offer. I'm going to move my debt over to this credit card. And it's 0% interest for the first year. Great. That's awesome. What's the transfer fee cost? Yeah. Oh, well, what's that? Yeah. How much does this new credit card charge you to move it over? Look in the little small print. You know, they say in advertising what the big words give you the small words take away. Look at the small print. Yeah. If it's a 3% transfer fee, you know, in many cases, it costs you more to move the debt to a 0% card yep. than just to be diligent and pay it off. So, uh, gosh, I, I, I might sound like I'm getting preachy here, but uh, I see this stuff all the time yeah. and, and people just don't understand why they don't get uh, ahead in the game. Yeah. And so look at these things right here, folks. Well, obviously, nobody wants to have credit card debt, but for those who find themselves in that hole, uh, I know it is encouraging to know there are strategies out there to help recover, right? Yeah. Uh, First, it it comes down to having a budget. Obviously, if you're spending too much money on debt and your credit cards are going up, not down, you have budgeting issues. So uh, getting a handle on your budget and then having a repayment plan in place and then sticking to it, that's a great place to start. Uh, And that's an area of financial literacy that people could look at. Hey, how much do I actually spend every month on things I need like housing, utilities, you know, gas in my car to get to and from work, healthcare expenses, all these things, and then work from that. Uh, and, 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 and one of the last areas of financial literacy or lack of, I should say, is in the retirement realm. Uh, how can you save for retirement when you are going backwards in, uh, in your everyday life with your finances by uh, collecting and maintaining credit card debt, for example. So um, for, you know, another survey to throw out there and some more information, uh, Go Banking Rates conducted a survey of millennials, Generation Xers, 
and baby boomers. I'm a boomer asking how much they'd save for retirement. And the results were bleak and revealed that many people are not on the right track to covering their expenses in retirement. In fact, they found that 57% of Americans have less than $10,000 saved for their golden years. Wow. So those golden years are not going to be golden. They're going to be uh, dark. Right. Uh, I mean, why do you think that is, though, Eric? What's the reasoning behind this failure to plan for the future? Well, I don't know. I I think... uh, I think one of the things that I hear, especially with younger people, is it's so far away. You know, the oh, future is yeah. far away. Yep. You know, I, I can save when, you know, when it gets closer. Uh, but I'll tell you that that life has a way of uh, bringing these things faster than we think about. You know, my kids are 24 and, and 23. And I remember the day they were born like uh, it was yesterday. And I, I remember being a young dad and I was worried about you know, keeping food on the table and keeping a house over our head and buying clothes that they grew out of, it seemed like every month, you know. Uh, But I remember budgeting. I remember budgeting 40 bucks a week for diapers. And I thought, wow, yeah, I can't believe that diapers cost me 40 bucks a week, you know, and I was going, gee whiz, who was the idiot that told me I should have two kids uh, a little over a year apart in age, you know? What 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 sage advice was that? So I remember one of my friends going, yeah, just keep them together, you know, and then that way they'll be best friends and all that. I go, obviously he didn't work out that having two kids in diapers at the same time works out to 40 bucks a week. But, uh, yeah. you know, I had to budget on all these kind of things. I didn't want to wing it. Uh, and I still, uh, was thinking about my future, but, um, you know, the future is not as far away as we think. Uh, and then folks get into the whole aspect of, uh, retirement planning is overwhelming and, and there's no denying that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that go into it. Uh, and then some folks just feel discouraged because, uh, they don't have the education regarding financial planning and, 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 when it comes to retirement. So they just go, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I've just, uh, I'm kind of discouraged. I'm not going to do anything. Um, but believe it, you know, it, it's not for everyone. I know a few people said they don't feel it's worth it to open up a retirement account because their employer doesn't match. Now that right there just goes back to our heading of financial literacy. So you're telling me you're not going to save for your own retirement because your, reti- your employer isn't going to help you? Yeah, that's crazy. That makes no sense at all. But I hear it. You know, they say, well, why should I put money into my employer plan? My employer doesn't even match. I say, but it's still your money. You're going, you're saving. You know, let's let's understand that important thing. If your employer matches, that's great. That's just gravy. But it's still your money that you're saving. So, uh, and then, I, you know, the weak excuses are, yeah, but if I quit, what do I do with the money? I've got to roll it somewhere. You know, let me handle that. Let me handle those things, but don't don't give it as a reason to not do it, to not save a retirement. Let's not do that. 
So anyway, Tony, you just keep getting me going on these rants here. I'm just apologizing, and you can well, tell I'm... how passionate I am about this, but I, I apologize in advance. But we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we have to go today, Eric? Well, I'm, I'm hoping our listeners got something out of our show today uh, and have a better idea of some of the ways that they can become more financially literate and take control of their money. Uh, more importantly, however, I want to stress that you don't have to feel overwhelmed by your personal situation. Uh, now, if you are feeling overwhelmed at all, uh, or just want another opinion or some help on your unique situation, feel free to reach out to us. I'd be happy to work with you. If you have any questions about today's show or comments, don't hesitate to give me a call. Uh, you can set up a complimentary consultation if it's just to get a budget or to start your uh, saving for retirement or you want to become more financially literate. I'm happy to help. Give me a call at the office. Set up a complimentary consultation. Uh, it doesn't hurt. And for those of you that aren't financially literate yet, complimentary means free. Okay, it doesn't cost anything other than your time. Give me a call at the office at 775-674-2222 to set up your personal one-hour consultation. All right, sounds great. Good show today, Eric. And that does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned with our host, Eric Cheek of Nevada Retirement Planner. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Eric Cheek at Nevada Retirement Planners. Call 775-674-2222 or visit their website at nvretirementplanners.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Eric Cheek and Nevada Retirement Planners are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 